Welcome to the Therapist Space Podcast, a space where the mental health discussion is intentionally brought from the back room to the front porch. I'm your host, Jess Jocelyn, your favorite therapist and goal-setting guru. This space is dedicated to bringing you bi-weekly, intentional, authentic, and exciting conversations about mental health and wellness. While I know you'll gain so much value from this podcast, this is a quick reminder that these conversations are not a substitute for an ongoing relationship with a mental health professional. Welcome to the Therapist Face Podcast. I'm here, just jostling with a dynamic guest. Her name is Ms. Simone Lachey of A Sound Mind, which is a nonprofit organization. Welcome to the show, Simone Lachey. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. I'm so excited about having you in our space today. I think our conversation is going to be one that is going to help a lot of people, um, answer a lot of questions, and provide some, some education for people who may not understand the journey of mental health. So I'm excited, ready to get started. And so I'm going to read a small excerpt of your bio and feel free to add to this because I know that you have so much that you're doing right now, but you're the founder of a faith-based nonprofit organization, A Sound Mind, and you often partner with other mental health organizations around the globe to spread awareness about mental health and mental illness. You're passionate about creating safe spaces for people who are looking for peer-led support especially in churches and urban communities. And your main goal is to stop stigma around mental health. So I think that's definitely something that we have in common is working around stopping the stigma around mental health. In our, in my practice, we, we talk about moving that conversation of mental health, moving it to mental wellness and moving it from mm. the back room to the front porch. So mm sort of like moving that from a secret to let's talk about it out in the open so that everyone can learn and be aware because mental health affects us all. Um, Right, right. Whether you are directly, directly have some issues with mental health or not, you're definitely surrounded by someone who does every one of you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here today. So where's time for the who, what, and the why. So tell us who you are, what you do, and why is it important for you to share today in this space? Absolutely. Um, So like you said, my name is Simone Lachey. I am a lot of things, (laughs) but I'm a mental health advocate. I'm a survivor. I'm a writer, um, a creative. I just like to create. I like to uh, talk about my journey. And that's kind of my why. I like to talk about my journey and help the next person. And I think, like you said, that's something that we have in common. And that's why I'm so glad to be here today to talk about my story and my journey in hopes to helping the next person. All right. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. The mental health journey is quite the long one. So let's talk about your particular mental health journey. Tell us about how your journey has gone and what it's meant for you. For sure. So my journey kind of starts early, probably pre-adolescence, and it got to probably full-blown depression when I reached adolescence and then throughout my adolescent development, um, I showed a lot of signs, some that you could see, some that you couldn't necessarily see, like a lot of silent screams or like I was cutting. That was one thing. It was um, anorexia, a little bit of that. Um, I was 
not eating, I was sleeping a lot. And there was different signs that I was showing, but I don't think we could put a name to the feelings that I was feeling. I did see a therapist. My parents got me into therapy because I was talking about suicide early. And so they got me into therapy. Um, but that's how everything kind of started. Then I was officially diagnosed later on, a few years later, when I turned 20, um, after I had attempted suicide, I ended up in the hospital because I was, I ended up, I made myself very sick and I ended up in the hospital. Um, and so then when you get in the hospital, you get the diagnosis. And that's kind of how that, you know, started when I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed with a laundry list of different diagnoses. I was diagnosed with the, the bigger ones, the most, the more major ones were borderline personality disorder um, and bipolar disorder. And the rest kind of went under that, um, the eating disorder, uh, the, the self-mutilation, things like that kind of went under um, those two. But that is kind of the background, that's kind of where it really started. So I saw signs from a young age. And then when I was 20 and I ended up in the hospital, that's when I was able to put names to the emotions that I was feeling and to the behaviors um, when I was 20. So that was the beginning of it. That's a lot in a short amount of time. So kudos to your parents for getting you involved into, you know, seeing a therapist, getting you on, trying to get you on the right track early on. Because what we see a lot is that parents don't um, acknowledge that their children have some issues going or, you know, they don't want to say, hey, you know, my child may be struggling here because if, you know, I've even had parents say, you know, I don't know why she wants to talk to you, why she can't talk to me, you know, (laughs) so why she can't tell me what's going on. So kudos to your parents for being, being able to be transparent with what your needs are as well and not only thinking about about themselves and what society says about your child struggling with mental health so good for your parents for for doing that so in this journey you know we all do things differently and we all see things differently so tell me how you deal with challenges regarding mental health how do you deal with it what would you tell other people who may be struggling with bipolar disorder or any other disorder what would you tell them there's a whole it's balance all around there's a lot of things that i do um i'm pretty self aware and i try to stay in tune with myself to see what i need and when so as a part of the bipolar journey um, medication is a part of the process. I am on a mood stabilizer, for one. Um, therapy. I think therapy is really important. So I communicate well with my therapist and my psychiatrist. I think honesty and transparency is a big part of that. Because if you can't be honest with your therapist, like <laughs> who can you be honest with? Somebody who's giving you um, support and you know unbiased advice they're coming from an unbiased place I think that's something important to note because you can't just go to a friend or a family member they're automatically biased automatically even if they tell you both sides they're they're biased right so um I therapy medication church that's a big part of my mental health journey prayer bible reading um praise and worship all those things going to church and actually being amongst other people who have similar beliefs. That's important to me. Um, what else? There's just so much, so many things, music, 
writing for me is cathartic. I'm a creative, so I have to get it out in like art in different ways. So those are a few things that help and that are I would consider a part of my treatment with especially the bipolar, trying to manage the the hypomanic stages. I'm bipolar type two. So trying to manage the hypomanic stage and the depressive episodes. It's really about being self-aware, trying to when I'm at a hypomanic in a hypomanic state trying to take things slow, trying to not be so hyped, trying to live in the present as much as possible. Um, Cause it can be hard. And I also use that a lot of people with bipolar say they use that time to be creative, um, just be, being in safe parameters. Cause it be, can get unsafe, but just trying to be safe while you're doing those things and be mindful. If you know that you're in that having an episode, then that's one thing I do because you'll make a to-do list and you'll start all these projects. I have to think about where I am and make SMART goals in order to achieve the result that I'm trying to achieve because well, I can start a bunch of things and never finish it. So I just try to be mindful of that. When it comes to the depression, all I can say is I really depend on the hope that I have in Christ. Um, and, you know, people have different belief systems and I, I respect that but I know for me that's what has gotten me through so many times so many tough times um and just knowing that God is not going to let me just die in a depressive state like there's more for me that helps me that gives me hope so that's all together balance and treatment (laughs) whatever you want to call it that's kind of how I get through this thing so tell me you mentioned spirituality being a huge part of your journey and recognizing like when you're in these when you're in these states so that you can be proactive about it and I think that that's really important to that you know you are so in tune with yourself that you can start to recognize when the symptoms start to come so that you can put yourself in a position I say in a position to win Mm -hmm. right but and not let this you know overtake you or put you in a position to make decisions that may not be safe or healthy for you so that's, that's wonderful. And in doing that, tell me how you hold boundaries during that time. Cause that's, that's huge is, is holding boundaries for people, for other people who may be in your life and, you know, for job, you know, all that kind of stuff. How are you, are you good at holding boundaries during, during this journey or how does that work for you? I've become better. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a time I didn't even know what a boundary was and I sure acted like it. (laughs) Like it took some time to really implement those boundaries and force them because it's easy to want to please everybody, especially when you're dealing with, you know, uh, mental illness of any kind, like any kind of condition. You don't want to put too much on people. So you try to like go with the flow. You try to, you know, please people. But I always say that boundaries is a part of self-care saying no is a part of self-care and a part of boundaries. And I really just had to learn to love myself and respect myself enough to choose me first and knowing how much I'm worth and that I had to say no to some people, no to certain things, uh, even no to myself in certain behaviors. I had to just try to be the best me and surround myself with positive people. I, that's something that I believe in passionately, surrounding myself with positive, encouraging and motivating people that also tell me, no. And they tell me um, when I'm doing something wrong, but they tell me in love and just kind of distancing myself from toxic behavior. 
um, and toxic people. So those are some of the, the things I do in regards to boundaries. You said something that just like made a light bulb go off in my head when you said this, distancing yourself from toxic people. In some instances, we tend to be people pleasers. Right. You know, hey, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll do that for you. Don't worry about it. How, what's been a thing that's helped you to be able to distance yourself from toxic people? Because toxic people can be our immediate family. Right. You know, so how, how have you, how have you juggled that? I think, you know, specific, I remember one specific time I was with a, uh, it was an awful relationship. It was a very awful relationship. Um, we were extremely toxic for each other. I can't just blame him. Um, but the behaviors that were exhibited were so bad and I was so stuck in that relationship he showed very I don't like to throw around the word narcissist but he showed very narcissistic tendencies and I was just kind of stuck in that cycle and so when I finally was okay to be by myself and free myself from that relationship I noticed how much more how much peace there was in my life how much how much more peaceful I felt and that was like a turning point for me because I realized I can be alone and I can be at peace or I could be with people and it could be toxic. I could be surrounded by toxicity. So once I realized that I could do this thing by myself, I didn't have to be surrounded by people. I could then choose who I wanted to be in my life and who didn't have to be in my life. Even when it came to family, like I can choose, I know that you're family, but I can choose to distance myself or you know, have you around however it needs to be, but it's all about being healthy at the end of the day and protecting my peace. Absolutely. I think sometimes we have, we don't follow, I like to call it a spidey sense yeah. <laughs> of knowing when people are not good for us anymore. We still sometimes continue to go down that path of having them in our lives because we haven't created good boundaries for ourselves. And I think we probably all have done that. We've like let people stay around too long. For sure. We've been gone, you know, but because we didn't have the good boundaries, we end up hurting ourselves more, you know, because we, we, you know, we're not doing what we need to do for ourselves. So that's, that's great. Self-care is a huge buzzword right now. What type of things do you do for self-care? What do you, what's your regimen? Kind of tell us a little bit about that. That's a good question I think a lot of the self-care work like I said is really mental like when you get the certain people around you (laughs) like I enjoy that piece but um when I do when I do spend time by myself because I mean I feel like it's good to have people around you sometimes so sometimes it's spending time with friends um Mm -hmm. that fill my cup that don't you know drain me that encourage me or just you know go out and talk and have a late night um or other times I I like going to like the, in nature. I like going to the vineyard. I like going to the beach, um, things like that to just be in the quiet. I also, I don't know if you've heard of like the um, sensory deprivation tank. Have you ever heard like the float tank? Yeah. So I go there and I just release there. I love it there. I love it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. That is something that you know, a lot of people don't know about that you can do. Right. I think when you think about your senses, people only think about smell. They only think about, you know, taste, but there's so much more that goes into your sensory. So being able to tap into that and utilize that as a form of self-care is, is great. 
it's it's I hope more people start to do that I think they will. Like you said, a lot of people don't know about it, right. but as the word gets around, like it's becoming bigger and bigger, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. So hopefully it'll start, you know, it'll, the buzz will catch and, and people right. start utilizing that for self-care. I always tell people, you know, self-care is, is not a lot of money. When you're having to do something that costs a whole lot of money for self-care, it's usually not self-care anymore. And so when we talk about the self-care, let's talk a little bit about intention. At what point did you know in your journey that you needed to be very intentional about your mental health and taking care of yourself? That's a good question. I think it was like progressive. I don't remember like one specific time where I was just like, I just need to do better. I think it's like, oh, I'm always saying I need to do better. Um, and I need to be more intentional. I think even today, I can't say I'm the best at taking care of myself. I still have my times. I have a lot of moments where I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I try as much as possible when I do remember to, especially when you're dealing with like anxiety, like to be in the present. And that's one of the things, one of my goals for 2022 is to be in the present more, um, be off my phone, unplug all that fun stuff and just realize where you are what are you doing like what do you have being grateful showing gratitude those are some of the ways that I try to be intentional at but I wouldn't say there was like a specific time where I was just like oh this is what you should you should always be like this you know or you should do better and or I'm going to just change for the better I don't remember a specific time to get to where you are now where you are now you have started a nonprofit organization around mental health what in your life pivoted that made you want to do this on a larger scale? It's a good question. Um, That's a question I love answering because people don't really, probably wouldn't guess, but um, it was Demi Lovato. It was Demi Lovato that actually encouraged me, not personally. What happened was when she um, overdosed that last time, she had a big overdose and it was in the news and everybody had comments to make. And I got upset because people were commenting, not realizing that there were people around them that were suffering and struggling. So I got on Facebook and I went on this rant (laughs) and um, I talked about my journey and um, how I lived with a mental health condition and people didn't know. People didn't know until I went public and I went on my little rant and I noticed how many people um, were responsive And they were saying, oh, me too, or, oh, I want to learn more and things like that. And I was like, okay, so people need to talk about this more. People definitely need to um, start normalizing the conversation around mental illness, around suicide and things like that, because it's stuff that people, especially in our communities and in the churches, don't necessarily um, want to talk about. Or at this point, I think it's something that we're talking about more, but some people don't have the proper education to know how to talk about it. Right. And I remember when that happened Mm. and there was a lot of conversation around that. And, you know, when people are on social media, they don't think about what they say that may hurt someone else or someone else may take to heart. So, yes, I do remember when that happened with her. And so there were so many people that were commenting and saying some really nasty things. And it was it was hard to read at times. Um, And I think that that happens with a lot of things that go on um, when we're talking about people. Like, I think that behind that, you know, behind those Twitter fingers, 
people will say anything and they don't really think about how it affects other people or, um, you know, think about how it affects those who are reading it. So kudos to you for being transparent. This was a great conversation, Simone. I want to share some of my key takeaways from the conversation. One of them, of course, you know, was having those boundaries around those toxic people. Like, I think that that's something that more of us need to do, especially when we recognize when other people are toxic, but most importantly, when we recognize when we are doing toxic behavior. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes people are, you, it, people are saying, oh, well, she's toxic or he's toxic. I'm like, but no, you, you are too. You know, you're engaging in some toxic behavior as well. Just kind of opening that conversation up was a key takeaway for me for today's conversation. And I want to thank you for coming on and being so transparent about your journey and the things that you've been through. And so hopefully this conversation helps someone that's listening. Absolutely. That's the goal. And thanks again for having me. And thanks for having these conversations and normalizing, um, talking about these topics. Yes, yes. Again, you know, my goal is to bring that conversation from the back room to the front porch (laughs) so that everybody can hear the conversation. I love that. (laughs) For all my guests, I pulled from my manifest-ish card deck. And so I pulled a card for you after reading your bio. And I always pull the first card. And hopefully this resonates with you. But before I let you go, I want to read this to you. It's a positive affirmation. And I would like for you to tell me the very first thing that comes to your mind when I read this for you. Tell me what this affirmation means to you. It says, today I choose to love myself and the space that I'm in. I will move forward with intention. Oh, man, that definitely resonates with me. Um, And I would say because I can't even like I'm in a transitional of my life right now um trying to do the right thing with everything I'm trying to do the right thing with everything but at the end of the day I'm trying to be the best me that I can be so I know I'm not perfect and I know there's things that I can do better at I'm just progressing and trying to take intentional steps to be that better person that I know I can be I'm not striving I'm not striving for perfection what do they say I'm striving to progress for progression so um that's how that resonates with me okay great great so it sounds like it may have spoken to you some ways to give you some confirmation on some things and moving forward and so I'm I'm so glad to be able to share that affirmation with you today and thank you so much Simone Lachey for being on the therapist space today it's been an awesome conversation Can you tell our listeners how they can find you? For sure. The best way to um, really follow my mental health journey is on Instagram. And my page is of a sound mind, Inc. Of a sound mind, I-N-C. And that is where I share a lot of personal stories, a lot of tips and things like that. I'm on Facebook under Simone Lachey. My name is spelled with a C-C-Y-M-O-N-E. Lachey, um, and I like to post encouraging things up there and just different things that I want to share. Um, Clubhouse, I'm on Clubhouse very heavy. If you guys are on Clubhouse, I am so proud of the work that we've been doing on Clubhouse. I'm one of the co-admins of the Mental Health New Club, which is like, I think the second or third biggest mental health club on Clubhouse. And we do all different types of support rooms and things like that. So on Clubhouse, I am Simone Lachey as well. So those are probably the best ways to reach me. 
or um, email. You can always email me as well. Of a sound mind at yahoo.com. Okay. Thank you so much, Simone, for sharing that information with us. And hopefully some of our listeners will be able to connect with you. I appreciate you for joining me in the therapist space and I will see you soon. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the therapist space. These conversations are not a substitute for an ongoing mental health relationship with a professional. My wish for you is that you become more comfortable with bringing the conversation from the back room to the front porch. And if you're interested in starting your own private practice or just learning more about mental wellness, visit my website at www.jocelyngavinlane.com or you can follow me on Instagram for daily inspiration and helpful tips. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and leave a review so that I can continue to provide some meaningful content for you. I love staying connected with my listeners. Every other Thursday, I will host Ask Your Favorite Therapist. So if you would like to submit a question for me to discuss on Instagram Live, just click the link in my show notes and I will go live every other Thursday to answer your burning questions regarding mental health therapy and everything in between. Thank you, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Therapist Space. See you soon.